Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, bringing you another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And check another day off of that calendar. You're almost there. I just finished recording the... uh, the segment with the Locked On Flyers hosts, uh, Danielle and Rachel, had a really good conversation there. That'll hit on Friday over on the Locked On Flyers show. Uh, touted up our team, uh, and they wanted to know a lot about Mr. Kale McCarr, like a lot of people do that are outside of the circles. And I forget that a lot, that you know people know him probably by name um, and look at his stats, but... You know, people like them really want to know what makes him so special. So I was more than happy to bestow some Kale McCarr knowledge, uh, which you can listen to on their show on Friday, like I said. So, And then Friday on our show, we're going to do another Fandom Friday, um, which has not been recorded yet. Probably going to record that tomorrow. So, uh, But look for that on Friday, like usual. And for today, before we get to some different topics, we're going to Lay down the uh, social media where you can follow the show on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. On Instagram, search for Locked on Avalanche. And send your questions, comments, concerns, complaints, anything else you want to talk about related to Colorado and the Avalanche to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. So, yeah, we are heading into the second portion of our season, even though we're past the halfway point in games played. Um, clearly we are on this extended break with the, with the bye week with the all-star break. Um, so what did the avalanche really need to work on going into the sec- their second half of the season? I think the glaring issue with the team is their special teams and, you know, uh, both really the power play and the penalty kill, um, for whatever reason, the talent that this team has, the offensive talent that this team has, uh, and and for for this is kind of like goes back if in history of teams that are really good offensively struggle uh, on a penalty kill uh, and on a power play. So uh, I don't know why it's just one of those anomalies, but the Avalanche fall into that category. They they are, you know, the highest scoring team in the league. I believe they still are. I haven't checked that stat in a little while. And they maybe they dropped to number two or something like. But whatever, they're up there. Um, they're in the the elite scoring team range. And when they get on a power play, it's like all that falls apart. Is it lack of effort? No. Is it other teams? kind of have figured out what they're doing. Maybe that's a possibility. And and I think the ads are working on that because if you've watched the last couple games leading up to the All-Star game, they did throw a couple new wrinkles into their power play. And I th- I believe it paid off, not, not specifically what they were doing, which I'm going to talk about in a second. They, I think they did get a power play goal in one of those games. Um but the, but they're doing something dif- different with Nathan McKinnon. And, and for the longest time, they're always looking for that cross-ice pass 
from Miko Rantanen to Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon kind of just finds the cracks in the defense, and Rantanen, quick as a rabbit, can kind of get that puck to him cross ice. And that has not been there, like, at all. So you have to change things up. And what they were doing, if you notice, um, Rantanen would have the puck on the side. He would either keep it or dump it low to uh, Landeskog or could be Kadri back there. And Nathan McKinnon would just move right into the slot, right almost like not, not directly in front of the goalie. Goalie height, but out maybe in between the dots. And he never did that before. So he's almost like, because all the defenders' backs are pretty much to him. So he's kind of sneaking up in between. And now he's finding those cracks, and he's sitting down in those. It's almost like, you know, a, a tight end when it's against, like, zone defense. They'll find a little pocket and then just sit down and wait for a pass. I think he's kind of slowly and creepily, like, finding these little pockets and if Rantanen or Landeskog or Kadri can get him the puck um, right on time, it's almost a surefire goal. And I think they were working those kinks out in the beginning um, of those couple games leading up to the All-Star game. Didn't pan out in terms of that specific play, but watch for it because I can almost guarantee you they worked on it ad nauseum uh, whenever they could start practicing during this break. Um, and and that might be something to watch, and it's, and I and I like that because it's just a little wrinkle. You don't have to blow up the entire uh, in, uh, power play and and start from scratch. You have the talent, so utilize it. Just throw something a little bit different in there and see what happens. I also think Nathan McKinnon is probably going to pull double time on these power plays and do double shifts. Um, that's not surprising. Um, he, because I think their, their second line in the power play just doesn't have it and tip and you can't fault them. Um, the abs really hold the puck for extended amount of time with that first unit. And then when the second unit gets out there, they have like 35, 45 seconds to go and get nothing going. So, um, him being out there pretty much for the duration of the power play, uh, you would think that would hurt them, but he's, he's in shape. He, he can handle that. So I'd look for the power play to improve. The penalty kill has to improve. They have to stop giving up these goals 10 seconds into a power play. I'm sure they worked on that. And at some point, this overtime nonsense has to stop. Um, last year, it was... Uh, if the Avs missed the playoffs last year, you can point to one thing and one thing only, and it was overtime. Um, luckily they got in, had their nice little run. They haven't made it to a lot of overtime games this year because they're scoring so much. They're playing well. They're, they're, you know, they're winning. Uh, they've had some overtime games more recently and they just haven't been good. I, again, why is this offensive firepower team when they get into a three on three? where you have someone like Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr who are speed demons uh, can't put anything in. Now, they did have that one game where um, it was, I want to say it was Burkowski. I think Burkowski and Nachuskin. The goaltender just made a good play, came back down the other ice and scored. 
and and that's the way three on three goal goes. But uh, if they can fix those two things, I guess really three, the, the special teams as a whole, and the overtime, uh, overtime is getting interesting because yeah, it's exciting. But I, I'm noticing teams are really slowing down the overtime. Where before, uh, a couple years ago, it was go 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 go. We have open ice. We're gonna just just fly up and down the ice, and it was entertaining to watch. But now you're seeing teams really pull back and really set something up, um, and not we go. Let's come in, you know, like the mighty ducks. Um, do I think they should open it up to 10 minutes? I think that's too much. I think seven minutes is a sweet spot. I think add a couple minutes to it. Um, I think shootouts have lost their luster. Uh, they're, they're not as exciting as the three-on-three. Three, so throw a couple extra minutes on the three-on-three. Three. Um, but the Avalanche really <laughs> seem like they give up, again, goals early uh, when they're on a penalty kill. They give up goals early on uh in overtime so they got to correct it so obviously it's stuff that they're they're going to work on uh but if they can they they could be a complete team if they figure those things out not asking them to be the best penalty kill team in the league and best power play team in the league but they should be top 10 in both of those things and if they get there they're already a dangerous team they are even more of a dangerous team if they can accomplish that all right um I'm just seeing now that there's a rumor going around that the the Seattle uh, nickname is going to be the Kraken. I love it. (laughs) Uh, You know, when the Golden Knights came out, people were like, really? Okay. Uh, I think the Seattle Kraken is a fantastic name. I mean, it's obviously not official yet. Um, But just from a, a... like arena and graphics standpoint, that is genius. I mean, oh my god, you know, we're gonna get sick of hearing "release the Kraken" uh, during a game when they want to get the crowd involved, and you know that thing's gonna be all over the place. So if it is, I give two thumbs up to Seattle for thinking outside the box, not just going with the Seattle. Okay, when I was telling my wife this, um, and I not that she was gonna guess it, but she. She was going for the alliteration. So she was doing like the Seattle skate. And I'm like, you know what? That's, you know, cute, but no. Um, she said Seattle rain because of, yes, the rain. But And then she said Seattle grunge, which is my favorite. Um, but I, when I said the, the Seattle Kraken, she looked at me like, is the Kraken, is that where like it's from? Is Seattle? I'm like, no, but who cares? It's a cool name. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if it is. I like it. Good job, Seattle. I guess we'll get the official word on that sometime soon, maybe before they take the ice next year. Um, trades, though. We're going to be talking about the, the trade deadline. Obviously, that is around the corner. Avs really should be buyers. And uh, kind of another name that is is getting brought up here is, is Jeff Petrie. Um, if Montreal... I guess wants to put him on the block. I think the Avs would be stupid to not look into that. Um, I think he he they, they obviously need some puzzle pieces. They need another 
uh, scoring winger. That's why Chris Kreider is getting thrown around. Um, would they take on another defender? I think they definitely would. I think Jeff Petrie would fit in there very nicely. Uh, do they need a goalie? I No, they don't. Um, but if the right person was available, that would be an upgrade. Again, you, you will upgrade any position. So uh, I I was just on, like I said, we just recorded the Locked on Flyers show for Friday. And like I did with when I was on the Locked on Rangers show, we kind of goofed for a trade and I, I, uh, I acquired for the Colorado Avalanche Henrik Lundqvist for name recognition purely and to hopefully get him a Stanley Cup. Would be great to do it in a Colorado uh, uniform. Um, and then I, for the Flyers show, I also kind of traded for Shane Gossespierre. They tend to think he might be on the block. He maybe he doesn't. He's not because he still has a couple years left on his his contract. I don't know where Philadelphia stands and how they typically deal players that have that many years left. Um, but I I I've read that Elaine Vignon, their uh, their head coach, um, not that he's at odds with Gossespierre, but I guess his style of play just doesn't mesh well with ghosts. So could he be on the trading block? I would take him in also. Um, and he's a local guy from where I'm from. So I'd like to see him play in my team too. So I can, like I said, on their show, I can buy the Jersey. Um, but he's not a name that you're hearing getting thrown around. So again, this is just fans talking, but I would definitely take him too. So I, I really think, uh, the the ads are going to make some moves. Are we we've been patient with trades, uh, and it's been year after year where Joe Sakic does not make a splash. He says he's not going to make a splash, but um, I think I think them going after Taylor Hall when he was available speaks to the fact that he's ready to make a deal, but he's not going to make a stupid deal. So I think just the fact that, yeah, they were in on it for Hall, I think they are going to be in on it for somebody else, and I think they're willing to do a rental for the right deal. They're not going to give up a ton of their future um, for, as odd as it sounds, for, for a rental to possibly win a Stanley Cup. They'll go with what they got this year hope for the best, and then continue on to next season. Uh, but, again, I love this time of year. It is going to be very interesting to see what the Avs do. All right, and one last piece of business I want to get to, and kind of something that's kind of going on on the, the social media front, typically on uh, Twitter and some back and forth going on, and I get a kick out of it. I think <clears throat> social media is what it is. Um, and, and you know, Kale McCarr being kind of like the golden boy right now in, in the world of hockey and getting all the accolades and all the notoriety. And it's kind of getting under the skin of Vancouver Canuck fans with their star rookie, Quinn Hughes, who is a phenomenal rookie. He's going to have a very good long, prosperous career, as he should, and as kind of was expected of him. Um, but I think Canuck fans are a little annoyed that Kale McCarr kind of gets the, like I said, the, the notoriety in 
hockey circles. So, you know, you see online a lot of uh, Canuck fans trying to post things. Not trying to. They are <clears throat> posting things about, oh, let's see, this is why Quinn Hughes is better uh, than Kale McCarr. And they throw up stats and try to make their case. I'm here to kind of tell you, and not this is going to solve any of the problems or anything like that. Like, you don't need to make your case. We know Quinn Hughes is a good player. Um, does he have a chance to win the Calder Trophy? Yeah, he does. Will he? I don't think he will. I think what Kale McCarr is doing is is uh, much more... Um, I, I, I'm trying, I'm struggling to find the word, <laughs> but he, he, he's having more of a, an impact, I guess, on his team than Quinn Hughes's. And this will go into the MVP voting as well. Um, we are not here to argue who's better between Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon. They are probably the top two players in the league, probably in the world. And when it's going to come to uh, uh, MVP voting, I think voters are going to take a lot of things into account. Uh, points being one of them, which you know could go either way. Mc, uh, McDavid is obviously ahead right now, but anything could happen. And let's just say he does end up winning uh, in most points scored. That's not a slam dunk for MVP. And I've said it before on this show, you know, if he if his team does not make the playoffs, you pretty much can put it in the bank for Nathan McKinnon. Now, I know Pasternak might be up there. It's, I shouldn't say put it in the bank or slam dunk or anything like that. But I think the odds go exponentially higher for Nathan McKinnon if McDavid either misses the playoffs or just skates in in the last game. I mean, maybe for some voters out they'll say well he made it that's all that counts and sure but we're not arguing this back and forth between McDavid and McKinnon on who's best because we know they're both good and I feel like that's happening with Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr and these guys are going to be tied together uh just like you know McCarr is going to be tied to other players in in the same draft that he was in because he went number four so because they're rookies, and that's really the only trophy they're going for right now. Um, I think I think Vancouver is kind of in the same position and when it comes to Quinn Hughes with Kale McCarr. If they're on the outside looking in from the playoffs, I don't think there's any way Quinn Hughes wins the Calder Trophy over Kale McCarr, who's a big reason why the Avalanche are the position that they're in and in all likelihood will have a playoff spot. Unless they have a complete nosedive. Um, and if that happens, that doesn't take away from the season that he's having. I'm talking about Quinn Hughes. It doesn't take away from what he's accomplished for this year. And, and in the end, it's a, it's a trophy and only one person can win it. And if he doesn't win it, he probably will be number two in the voting. And I think it's between these two guys. And take solace in the fact that these two guys have really catapulted themselves over the rest of the field. I don't think anybody would argue that McCarr and Quinn are one and two in, in the rookie field. 
Um, but I think Kale McCarr is getting all the accolades because he deserves them. And again, that's not taking away from Quinn Hughes. Uh, but you watch Kale McCarr play, and he's having an impact top line, top power play, playing a ton of minutes. And Quinn Hughes is actually playing a lot of minutes too, but um, he's just a more integral part of the team, in my opinion, than Quinn Hughes is right now. If Quinn Hughes would be above Kale McCarr, the only way that he could be right now, in my opinion, is if they were having a better record than Colorado. If he was the reason why Vancouver uh, would be above Colorado in the standings, then yeah, I think you can make a strong case for him. But Kale McCarr, yeah, Colorado has a good team and they have a lot of talent. But McCarr is part of that talent and he is part of the reason why the Avs are in the position that they're in. So for that reason, and as long as this keeps going the way it does for the remainder of the season, uh, I, th- I think you you have to give it to McCarr. And Quinn Hughes will most likely come in second probably a, a close second. I don't think so close where uh, it's like one or two votes that could swing, swing the, the whoever wins it either way. But like I said, it doesn't take away from the season he's having. And the back and forth that goes on on Twitter, I get a kick out of it. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I, I don't take it anything seriously. I <clears throat> The things I post are usually to get a laugh. Um, and that includes this back and forth between Quinn uh, Hughes and Kel McCarr. So, um, and I think people get that. Nobody's really gotten mad at me for posting something funny between the two. So, uh, so that that's really all I have to say about it. Just appreciate the fact that you have a good player that hopefully will be on your team for a, a long, prosperous career. And these two guys can go to battle multiple times a year. So you can look forward to that. So what do you think? Got any uh, opinion on that whole situation between the two of them, whether it's McCarn Hughes or McDavid and McKinnon? Shoot me an email, lockdownavalanche at gmail.com, and we'll get it on the show. So that's going to be it for today, guys. We will uh, have the Fandom Friday tomorrow, as well as breaking down the matchup against the Flyers on Saturday where we can finally get some hockey back. So we have that to look forward to. So have a good day, guys. And here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go.